Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. This is Matt, just with a quick one-off intro to provide some context. Two quick points. First, have you ever been on the set of like a faux old-timey western dive bar, maybe on a Quentin Tarantino film or something like that? Yeah, I hadn't either until last night. This was the most amazing experience ever. We were joined by Greg's friend, Brian. Brian's got the most amazing, incredible, uh, unique and comprehensive home bar setup I've ever seen in my life. Greg has been bragging on this and telling me, hey, you've got to check it out. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, cool, whatever. Guy's got a, a bar in his house. I'll check it out. Folks, I was not prepared. It was, it was an amazing experience. Anyway, the other thing is um, we did record live, so slightly different equipment, slightly different kind of audio quality, nothing bad, but just uh, give this a listen. This is a fun one. We talk spirits. We talk watches. Brian's got an interesting collection of, uh, of watches that have a very focused and unique theme. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Spirit of Time podcast. It's a spirited discussion of watch topics and some of the cool bon vivant stuff that overlaps our hobby especially fine spirits, craft beer, cocktails, and wine. In other words, if it's boozy, smoky, sudsy, or smooth, we'll probably talk about it. Think of it as a watch-focused happy hour for your commute. We are your hosts. I am Matt. I'm Greg. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Every time I say Greg's coming over, oh, my son says, Greg is a PJ mask. He's the green guy. <laughs> yeah, well, Greg the PJ mask is coming over tonight. I All right. Like mm. Well, lead us on in. Nice. Cheers. Nice to meet you, man. Welcome. This is incredible. Yeah, cheers, awesome. Cheers. Thanks for coming over. So, uh, welcome back. What's, what's new? What's happening? Um, Matt, what's new in your world? Well, Fourth uh, of July holiday is right behind us. Um, we managed to not burn the house down or have it burnt down for us. That's always a winner. Although I swear, when we woke up, so today is the sixth. When we woke up yesterday morning, like the neighborhood was like this visible miasma yeah. of of smoke and whatever you know propellant and the residue. I was like, okay, this is what it must have been like in in the Somme, like in World War <laughs> yeah, World yeah. War One or something. Anyway, but yeah, all good. Yeah, fourth uh, you know the fourth weekend was really great. Um, you know, spent as much much time by the pool as we could. Uh, you know, it made me realize. You know, also recently I put a bunch of stuff on NATOs and Perlon straps. I, I never was one of those people that did like seasonal watch strap changes. Like if I felt like right. putting it on a leather, I put it on leather, regardless if it was summer or, or what have you. But um, for some reason, yeah, I just uh, kind of went with the the summer strap flow, and uh, I've been loving it. So. You know, Perlon straps on things and, and NATO straps and super easy and breathable. But um, yeah, great fourth, good drinks, good booze, good family time. And, um, you know, we're out here hanging out, just uh, relaxing and, and enjoying some more good drinks today. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, what's new in your world? Yeah, I, I, for the fourth also, I went, I went completely beach themed. I went strapless. <laughs> I had nothing, nothing on my wrist. I was in the pool all the time I have nothing that's waterproof or resistant so I had nothing on my wrist topless and strapless yeah you know I was <laughs> nothing up nothing down no <laughs> shirts no shirts no service no we still serve you yeah <laughs> but no I didn't have a watch on but yeah we got through the fourth we have our fingers and toes 
And uh, yeah, I woke up in the same thing, same thing as you, Matt. I woke up and had like Metallica concert over a layer, like a right. layer of smoke over the whole valley. It's pretty funny. Oh, hey, you know, I forgot to mention, we're, we're actually on set here at the High West Saloon of uh, Santa Poco. Welcome to the pod, right. Brian. Oh, thank you for having me. It's good to have you, man. Yeah. Good to finally meet you. So uh, for those of you who, who might not know, Brian is a spirits enthusiast of the highest magnitude and a proud home bar owner. Uh, all those look at our favorite home bar build-out articles and YouTube videos that you've seen, uh, well, they wish they were the High West Saloon. Oh, yeah. I, I did not, I honestly did not credit everything, right, that, that Greg had told me. This is, uh, this exceeds all my expectations. This is uh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So that. It's one of the few things that I've tried to oversell to people, but I never feel like I'm going to disappoint them when they actually see <laughs> no. it. You know what yeah. I mean? You Usually you're trying to, you yeah. know, under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah. It doesn't even apply here. I can't say enough good things. I know. Yeah, for the listener, honest to God, the door in the corner is propped open, and I expect Yul Brenner to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. So, uh, you know, Brian and I met through a mutual love of tequila and, and agave spirits, um, and uh, and we've been kind of taking this this winding path since then. And, and he's committed to opening my spirits to some other you know brown liquors and, and some other really beautiful spirits. But um, you know how we met is a funny story in its own right. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that. His saloon, which um, he he built, and I think we'll get in you know how that yeah, kind of sure. came together, has uh, over six hundred and fifty bottles at yeah. the moment. Uh, the space and the collection are, of course, the, the main course, but uh, the people that it brings together and the stories that it helps create are, are what make the place so special. Um, and so there's lots to talk about, but I think at this point it's really important we do a wrist check and a port check. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, what, what, what's on your wrist right now? Uh, well, now I feel really good. Like, I, I wore an appropriate watch. This is nice. something right out of... Uh, you know the the Tarantino movie that good. we were talking about. Yeah. So this is, um, and I actually had this the last time we recorded live. So this is the 1971 Speedmaster Professional. This is the the one four five decimal zero two two. And again, this is a, a circa 1971. And it is on the uh, the Heaton Bund strap. And again, yeah, very. Um, I don't know. I'm just very early 70s. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt in a uh, in a convertible driving on Sunset kind of a vibe right here. Yeah. And, and yeah. it feels perfect for the surroundings right now. You can grab one of my suede jackets too. It fit you oh, perfect with that. Yeah. Right the tassels sure. and everything. Yeah. The fringe game. Yeah. Sweet. You know, Brian said earlier, I think just the colors of and the style, the bun with what's the, so the decor good. and the aesthetic yeah. here. Like the colors are working well, the, the style and everything. That's a beautiful band. That beautiful strap on that for sure. I love that. That's great. Yeah. So super cool. And uh, I love this watch. So um, as far as a pour check, we're going to have to ask Brian actually to fill me in because Brian just poured at my request a rye. And I remember this is a whistle pig, but there's yeah. a story behind it. Yeah. You said rye and I went right for the Boss Hog, uh, Boss Hog Sabbath that came out last year. So that's the, that's the Magellan's um, Atlantic. And uh, it's actually finished before you were here. But it was finished in uh, a Spanish oak and in some South American teak wood. And uh, I was listening to the uh, ambassador when he was out in Pasadena talking about it. And he said that the teak wood was aging so fast that they had to test it like every few minutes, every like, maybe 10 minutes or so. Because it was waiting until the right sweet spot to where they can pour it, wow. pour it out. So it was like, so it's like a little science project, which is great. I love, I love the Boss Hogs. But there's plenty of rye we can go from there. I mean, I started you off in a good spot. Yeah, this is fantastic. Is everything organized just as an aside by, it looks yeah. like everything is my yeah. type, but then you this, have it broken down yeah, by like this subtype whole, too? Well, this whole wall is bourbon, 
And it's like, there's a hundred and something bottles on that. I thought it would be fun to have a hundred bottles of bourbon on the wall. Nice. But then I went over that. <laughs> I went way over that. And then so over here, and then you got rye, and they can't see it. But then we got some rye, and then Irish, and single malt. And then I have a 10-foot bar that I built with two bottles, or two beers on tap. And then I have an agave wall, which is going to be split between tequila and mezcal. That's incredible. That's incredible. But slowly, I think that mezcal, this mezcal section is going to take over the tequila. Yeah. I think that's what's going to happen based on how much mezcal I've been drinking. Well, you know, it's important. It, it's it's work that has to be done. <laughs> I'm willing to do the work. Yeah, yeah, if you don't do it, who else? Who will? Someone had to build that wall. Yeah, that's right. And someone's got to drink the, yeah, the booze. That's too. right. Got that wall. Got that yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the rich check and poor check for me. How about you? What have you got? I've got uh, also kind of circa early 70s Omega on, uh, 72, 73, I think. Omega. Um, Seamaster Cosmic 2000, just one of my favorite vintage pieces uh, on NATO, which kind of, I guess, spurred me on that sort of NATO Perlon uh, sort of summer strap tangent. And um, it also kind of feels right. I don't know, vintage Omega in, a, in, a, in the High West Saloon yeah. feels like the right move. And um, yeah, just a great all-around watch, awesome size, you know, for being a vintage piece. Um, I think this one's been like lightly polished maybe once in its life, but it's retained all its sort of sharp edges and... Um, I just think it's a really nice example. It's been serviced not too long ago um, by our friend, uh, courtesy of our friend Chase, Horology 411, and, and the NATO strap is, uh, is from our friend Tovix uh, downtown as well. So uh, a great, a great uh, combo. And in the glass, actually, you know, I think we might get into this a little bit too. We're doing a little bit of a return uh, to our tequila, or excuse me, our cocktail matchmaker. And so we've got a riff on an old-fashioned well, yeah. Maybe Brian can fill us in on, on what the yeah. ingredients are, what we're what exactly we're, we're, we're playing with here. Well, it's a simple syrup from Cocktail & Sons, which is from Louisiana, and they make this usually around Mardi Gras time. And uh, last year they had, I had two bottles of it, and I went through it rapidly, just with COVID and everything. So this year when they came around, they had like their, the sales are open like between like Fat Tuesday and and the Mardi Gras, I bought 20 bottles. Wow. <laughs> so I've got, and it's great. It's like a, it's like a king's cake. It's a king's cake based uh, simple syrup. And you just, it's a really simple cocktail to make. I, uh, I, don't use, I don't use measurements. So I just fill the bottom of my glass with the simple syrup, drop in my ice square, and then fill the rest with a bourbon, usually high proof, usually either Eagle Rare. This happens to be Wild Turkey 101. Give it a spin, you know, and then uh, squeeze in some orange, orange slice. Yeah. You know, our, our, our matchmaker recipe might not have um, exact measurements this time. <laughs> no. So the listeners are just going to have to be able to work with, you know, having a little bit of a, a, their yeah. own take on that. Uh, yeah, you can't take cocktails too serious. Cocktails yeah. should be a fun, you know, light thing. Should be, they should be fun, first of all. If yeah. you get too into, like, the ingredients, uh, you're what are you doing? This is not science. This is playground. So yeah. uh, you should experiment with your drugs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it works. And speaking of that, Brian, what's on your wrist and, oh. and what's in your glass? In my wrist, I have um, one of the first, it was considered like a, I'm not into like luxury watches. Like I'd love to buy luxury watches, but this is my nice watch that I usually wear. And it's a Hamilton uh, khaki, field khaki. And I bought it because I like the black on black. Yeah. And um, the first time I saw a Hamilton watch was in a movie. You know, they've got more like, screen credits than most actors do. Like, they're always in movies. So that was like one of the first times I saw it was like in a Ryan Reynolds movie called Buried. But it wasn't this watch. It was a different watch. But that's what got me into the Hamilton name. Very and then cool. I found this watch, and I love the color, black on black. And yeah. I was I was done from that moment. Yeah, I like the band on it. 
First time I scraped it, I was upset. Yes, of course. The first one. Yeah. No, first cut first is the deepest. The <laughs> Why did I wear this to Joshua Tree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. And in your glass? In my glass, it's the same thing you're having, man. I pour, poured one for me as well. So it's going to be Wild Turkey 101 with a King's Cake simple, simple syrup. Excellent. Nothing Love simple it. about it. Nope. You know what I mean? It's delicious. I, uh, and I think I'm sensing uh, a theme that we'll see on some of the watches in, in Brian's collection. And we'll, we'll yeah. tease it from there. But I, I'm sensing we're going to take that <laughs> you know, to another yeah, level. Yeah. Well, wait. I want to ask you a question because yeah, you might know sure. the answer to this. I know that the, that Hamilton is, is big on placement, um, whether that's intentional or not. But they're in a lot of films. They are. Um, I want to say uh, in the most recent, the modern version of the Italian job, I think Wahlberg, his character is oh, see where Hamilton. Nice. And one of my favorite movies ever, and I don't know this, so people who are really into it are probably going to jump down my throat um, if I'm wrong, but I think that the Robert De Niro character in Ronin, which is <laughs> one of my favorite nice. movies ever, I think he's wearing a Hamilton as well. It's great. So yeah, super. I cool. love that. Anyhow, no, I love, by searching through like watches, like love movies and love watches. I, I found like um, there's a database of watches that have been in movies. I asked Greg. I'm like, why don't why doesn't this exist? I'm like, well, let me Google it before I ask Greg. It's 2021. Maybe I should just Google it. Oh, it does. It totally exists. So we can find that out. I remember this conversation took place over over like 25 seconds. Yeah. Hey, like, why wait. does this exist? Oh, it does. It does exist. <laughs> it's funny. So yeah. you know. Let's just jump in. You know, we, we, we talk a lot on text and, and, and yeah, over, you know, social and we, we get together when we can. Um, you know, the story of how we met, though, I think is actually quite funny. And actually, we just learned before we sat down that there's an even deeper thread into maybe how you and Matt also yeah, finally really you know, connected as well. So, you know, I wanted to get into how we first met because I just think it's a fun, neat story and how it brought us all together. Um, and, uh, you know, it kind of all started on, on social. Right. Yeah, it started on social, but also started on the playground, like yeah, on the soccer field. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Like we we um, like or we have daughters that are very similar in age, they're very close in age, and we were playing doing like a like a very unorganized like Saturday soccer game, Sunday soccer game, or whatever they're playing, right? Like ten kids or so, and we just see each other and just say hello, but we never talk. It's like oh hello, it's like. Friendly from a distance. Yeah, and he's like the funny dad, right? right. Like, yeah. You know, like there's the dads that are like checked out on their phone. There's right. the dads that are like super serious. And he's like, he, he, when you spend time yeah. around Brian, you know, he can't help himself. He has to be funny. I'll scream. <laughs> I'll scream at a three year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all right. He's got the funny dad shirt on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At one point, I definitely saw him wearing, you know, like uh, spirits related gear, and I'm like, okay, this guy boozes. Yeah. He's got jokes. I like to let people talk. know I'm ready to drink. Yeah. yeah. I was dressed for the occasion. <laughs> And then we were at a tasting at Maestro in Pasadena That's for right. uh, Mezonte. That's right. And I saw, I, I, saw, I saw this guy who I didn't know walk up and put his wrist out in front of a bottle and take a picture. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, hey, you're from soccer. And I'm like, wait a minute. Are you, I just saw what you did and I've seen your, are you, are you timing Tequila Greg's? We had talked on yeah. social media like, oh, you're in Pasadena. He's like, wait, is this your house? I'm like, yeah, it's You've heard house. that question Yeah, before. this is your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. And then, and then, so I'm like, I'm like, you're timing to see the Greg? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm High West Saloon Brian. And he's like, what? <laughs> it is a small so, world. Yeah. It was really funny. It was just, it was, it was a very kind of, uh, and, and I think very shortly after, this is very leading up to when everything really let, you know, the pandemic really started. Oh, yeah, it just out. kicked in. And uh, so there was one final, like, school function that we both attended. That's right. And, uh, and it was, we kind of, I think, both 
his, his wife and I, and or his wife and my wife and I all kind of thought, this might be the last night we're out for a little while. That's right. And Brian said, you have to come over to the saloon. Like, we've it was been out Friday together. the 13th. It was Friday, it was Friday the, 13th. the 13th. Oh, so that was the day. Yeah, yeah. it was Friday the 13th. And so we came over, and, and we, we had such a fun time with him and his wife, and and uh, but we all knew in the back of our head it might be the last time we see right. people for a little while. But I was glad to have spent time, yeah, you know, sure. seeing this place in person and, and enjoying, you know, that company. Yeah, we've had a good time since too. Yeah, we have. Well, you would sneak over, and we'd be socially distant during the pandemic. We, we would, we would, and then yeah. once things started to ease, and you know, people started getting vaccines and things, and we were, we felt, you know, like we could kind of get back to some of those normal things. But right. You know, this is sure. nature's antiseptic. Right. He I said, smelling yeah. a little bit of this rye. Yeah. <laughs> you keep your ABV above 60%, what's going to make you sick? You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're healthy. That's an excellent point. Well, <laughs> you know, again, um, tell us a little bit, I mean, we've kind of hinted at it. Tell us about where we are and how this came to be, and especially the aesthetic that you've got going in. Yeah. Um, so... I always, it's funny, I always wanted to build like a, a dive bar, and the reason that's what I wanted to do, I wanted to build a dive bar. And I think, I don't know, like, I think the first, everything's back, back to television, the first like show I was ever upset that ended, when it ended was Cheers. Sure. I remember watching it, and when it yep. ended, I was like, I was physically like sad. And, um, but then I've always, I don't know, I've always had this attraction to a bar. Um, uh, and then, um, so I had, I wanted a dive bar set up, and then one Father's Day, my wife moved into this house, that we're in now, and it's had this extra like maybe two or three hundred square foot bonus room underneath the house, and she said um, you can have this space, and she said you can for Father's Day. She get, said you can buy a kegerator. Oh great! <laughs> Thanks for letting me buy my own gift. <laughs> you know, and then um, and then she gave me a couple pieces of art. She gave me a, a like a, a tap for the bar. That's a horseshoe and a couple of saloon pieces of art. And I'm like, I can build a room based on these things. And then um, I wanted to make it something related to Santa Poco because I love the Three Amigos. Yep. So good. But I couldn't build a proper Mexican bar. And then so, actually at one point it was also going to be the bar from The um, the Shining. Which <laughs> Now there's only the fire axe sitting on the wall from The Shining. <laughs> Sweetheart, darling, light of my life, I'm not going to hurt you. I didn't say I was going to hurt you. I'm going to bash your fucking brains in. Um, there was, so there was that part of it. But the... Yeah, that came from the saloon from those pieces of art, and then I had one shelf behind the bar, and then it was bananas. Like I have, um, in my backyard one time, I had a freak incident where I had this, like a fire stick tree sap fall in my eyes, right. and like the doctor that saved my eyes and my life at that moment was this eye surgeon that my wife would call on. Yeah, and he also happened to be a tremendous whiskey aficionado, and he turned me on to some whiskeys and then spelled out of control. Wow. This is amazing, yeah. though. I mean, this. Um, so again, for people who kind of, you know, we're we're here. It's wall to wall, right? It's yeah, it's three sixties of booze. And I would describe it. Your house is built on a reverse slope, so you yeah. know your your main level is above us. And right. This is not a basement, right? This right. is you know, um, this is exposed to you know to uh, to the air on the reverse slope. Right. But it's it's almost like a little. It's a puzzle. cinder block space too, so it stays yeah. cool yeah. in the summer, and it stays nice and warm during the winter. I mean, it stays. Yeah, but this is, it's got like kind of a really cool kind of, uh, you know, low yellow lighting. Yeah. It, it oh, looks yeah. like something in old Vegas. Yeah, I want to keep it dirty. Oh, man. <laughs> I love dirty. keeping it dirty. Keep it dirty. What, what, are people's, what are people's reactions when they walk in here? I, I, Have you ever been to Herbs and Ryan in Vegas? No, I haven't. I've been to the laundry room. Okay, which been, was fun. been there too. Yeah, yeah, God, that was a fun spot, which is where I got that baller. Um, 
whatever, uh, which is a great. I mean, they make great cocktails there, but oh, yeah. I just wanted to start sipping on things. I'm more interested in sipping certain things rather than making a cocktail out of them. And I tasted that, and it's like a, it's an American single malt, based on like a Japanese single malt, which is finished in like an ume shoe, which is fantastic. And make a highball out of it. It's really, really good as a highball. Wow. Yeah, I love highballs actually. If you've never been pro tip. Pro to t- Vegas, go yeah. go to the laundry room. Do what you need to. It's an old fashioned speakeasy, and it is it's legit. You know, it's one of these things where you're in another bar, and there's a yes. staircase, and you know, into the seams of the wood of the staircase is open. a secret door. And is it on the strip? Or is it downtown? It's no, in downtown. It's downtown. downtown. Okay. And it's it is great. super legit, and we had some of the greatest best cocktails, greatest cocktails ever. Yeah. A good buddy of mine, the guy Jim, mm-hmm. who Jim. hooked us up with the one of the first cocktail matchmaker suggestions. Hey Jim, um, <laughs> so the guy, the, the bartender, challenged us. Hey, don't tell me what you want. Just tell me what kind of flavors you yes. like. That's, that's what emotion are you? Thinking? He's like, what kind of what kind of? Uh, I would be surprised if it's the same bartender. Yeah. So emotional support cocktail. Yeah. My buddy Jim is like, okay, okay. I'm going to play along. You know, by. At, each of us went in succession and basically did the usual thing and right. it got to Jim and he's like I like like kind of a man like a cool kind of mouth feel and like a little almost like a, a tanginess of like a sour cream nice. and if you can kind of like some salt and like the unctuousness <laughs> of like imagine okay. like like fat from like you know from beef that's been cooked and a little spice to it and he's describing a taco <laughs> taco and yeah and the, he really the, is. the guy behind the bar nailed the taco what drink and i think by the end of the night we were calling the cocktail i don't want to taco about it nice <laughs> and it was really good, <laughs> it's good fun too. yeah yeah i mean he, I it was puns. like yeah that's anyway great. yeah so i think we need that recipe I sh- it's yeah. a taco just blend it. A little pachuga on top. You blend your taco with some pachuga. But it's a lot of fun. So anybody who has not been to the laundry Laundry room in Las Vegas needs to go to the laundry room. And then Herbs and Rye is not a speakeasy, but it is a, um, a, you know, a real old, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's the kind of place you'd think Frank would go. Sure. You know, Mm -hmm. if if he was poor. Yeah. But the bar program, (laughs) the bar program there is amazing. and it's it's you know physically it's a larger space, but it's yeah. this kind of vibe. So, folks, if you've ever nice. been to Herbs and Rye in Vegas, you know what we're talking about. That's what this is. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, I did Oscars, the Oscars Steakhouse in downtown, and then I went to the laundry room, which is a great combination. Oh yeah. Which is where Frank was. Yeah, yeah. Oscars, which is named after the old mayor of Las Vegas. Old Vegas, that's crazy. Oh, yep. I love old Vegas. Absolutely. Well, I think you've done a great job creating the vibe in here. It's super, super cool. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. What are people's reactions when they first come in here? It, it's, well, a lot like what you were like. When you walked in and you said, oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's get that reaction. Like, the first time I had, like, somebody come over. I remember one of those first time. My buddy, I had a buddy, named, still with my buddy. His name's Bob. And I'm like, you should come over to my house. Like, we just met. Come over. I have a bar. He's like, all right. And we're like hanging out inside the house. I'm like, let's go to the bar. He's like, okay. And he's like, he walked inside. He's like, oh, you have a bar bar. A bar, oh, bar bar. I thought you meant you had a bar cart. I'm like, why does this guy care about his bar? You have a bar. And like the next day he showed up and he had a box of all of his bottles and said, these are for here now. This is what I'm going to drink from now on. And he had a Nintendo 64. It's like, because this wall used to have a TV on it, but it, I lost the TV for booze. But he's like, I'm going to be here now. And he would just, he lived across the street like behind the neighbor across the street and he would just walk by and just like 
Are you awake? If I'm I was pick- awake, he would just come through the driveway and we just drink for the rest of the night. Is this guy a mailman by any chance? I'm picturing Clayman. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. He wanted to build a zip line from his house to my house so he can just drop on in. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Or maybe a soda can phone line. Yeah. Oh, we told that one time, uh, we were in a name drop, John C. Riley. We were at the park and John C. Riley was there and we told him about our idea for a zip line from his house to my house across the street. And he said, we'll just make sure it's 14 feet or higher because, you know, fire trucks. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm like, oh my God, John C. Riley's on board. Somehow that actually makes sense. Yeah. It yeah. really does. So funny, man. There's still no zip line. And there's still no Bob. He left. Mm. He moved away. And no Nintendo 64. He lost away. Oh, I got rid of the 64. I got rid of the TV, man. You needed the Priorities. Space. It's better, honestly. It was there. I'm like, am I going to have a TV or a, a, a 14-foot wall of booze? It's the kind of thing where, like... Once you lost it, it didn't matter anymore, no. and it was actually better off. It's for not it. missed. Yeah. No, neither's Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's not gonna hear this. I'll send it to Bob. Okay. Bob, you need to watch. <laughs> well, so I'm good. gonna turn over the questions to Greg in a second, but the question I'm gonna steal from him if he was gonna ask. Uh, sorry, but I can't help but notice. I mean, you've got this barrel here. What oh, the, is the deal with the barrel and oh, what the, are you doing? The 55-gallon barrel sitting in the middle of the room? Yes. <laughs> oh, that thing? Oh, that little guy? No, this was gifted from uh, Dave Driscoll from Mission Liquor in Pasadena. Okay. He's a sales manager over there. And he texted me one day. We become friends. Obviously, I'm there often. <laughs> and he said, would you like uh, a barrel for the saloon? I said, of course. And so he brought over in his car. He has a photo he sent to me. He's so happy in his car. This thing's in the back of his car. Um, but it's from uh, it's a Buffalo Trace barrel that used to have Colonel E.H. Taylor single barrel in it, which was the barrel picked for, for Mission Liquor. Okay. Brought it over here. I put it on this little wheelie thing here so we can move it around the saloon, put a new bunghole in the top, and now it's my infinity barrel for the saloon. So when guests come over, um, I highly recommend they bring a bottle of bourbon, 100 proof or higher, and they dump it in there. We'll mix it on up. We'll take a pull from it. You can take a, a sip from the new blend, and this will go on forever. Eventually, once it gets a little higher, People can leave with a bottle of the blend, but for now they still need to get a little bit because I'm trying to build my base. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I say we, but Greg really. So Greg, thanks for hooking us up and covering us here. But it we was got, spirit of time. Uh, yeah, spirit of time's <laughs> contribution is a couple of uh, what is it? The high proof Maker's Mark 101. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So Maker's Mark 101, which is going to go great in there. It's going to play with the flavor profiles, absolutely. That's a phenomenal idea. That is so, so cool. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have, like, I also have an infinity bottle. I have an infinity bottle behind the bar where I take, like, if something I like it, I'll open a new bottle. That's good. I'll dump, like, an ounce of that into that, two ounces into my my bottle. But to have a a full barrel, which will hold, like, 266 bottles of booze, uh, the sky's the limit on this thing. You know what I mean? I want to get another one. This one's going to be bourbon, 100 proof or higher. I want another barrel that's going to be junk. So I'll put, like... Like, this is junk, but like a blend of like, oh, it's a tequila. Oh, this is a mezcal. Oh, it's anything. a single malt. Anything Here's a goes. bourbon. Anything goes. Just like the funky bunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, wow. Marky Mark. And see what that tastes like. Yeah. I'll paint Marky Mark on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I, <laughs> feel it. Feel it. Sorry. You know, not that I, not that I like, I'm not on the High West Saloon, like, listserv. Like, I don't get, ex- like, exclusive, like, breaking news, you know? But, like, normally I have kind of an idea what Brian's up to. Right. And, uh, and it's just showed up yeah. one day, and yeah. I was like, what the hell yeah. is going on over there? It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's becoming its own thing. And he's, like, a real name. Like, I want to give it a proper, it needs a new name. Not just the High West Infinity Barrel. I need to, like, name it. I mean, like, I, 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 well, at one point I was calling it Colonel Driscoll because it was brought over by David Driscoll, but I don't want to, I want to put a bottle of, in, you know, Colonel Driscoll's bunghole. 
<laughs> I don't know how we'd feel about that. <laughs> oh, maybe some clicks. Right. <laughs> Seen at the emergency room, 2 a.m. Another, another 750 inside Colonel Driscoll's bunkhole. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. All right, well, this used to be a family show. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, right. Right. Not yeah, anymore. Yeah. We should, yeah. But, you know, I think at the very beginning, we did put explicit lyrics uh, in the show notes, and so you know, well, we're talking about booze. This is not yeah, that for kids. Well, a bunghole really is just a, a hole in a piece of wood on top of a barrel. And yeah. if they're thinking anything into that, that's their problem. Don't read into it, people. Just yeah, don't read into it. It's your dirty mind. Yeah, shame like, on don't, you. Don't project on us. Shame on you. Don't, don't. How many bottles retained? Right. Um, how much will go in here? No, I mean that's just a, a oh, right. the, yeah. the, the medical right. term for yeah. something that is <laughs> yeah removed needs to be removed, <laughs> removed from <laughs> retained bottle. <laughs> Couple handles here and there. Yes. Yeah. So good. So you know, you kind of uh, you kind of told us how it got started. You know, kind of where we're at today. But um, you know, you and I have talked about this before, and I think you've shared it. You know, with people when they're here. What makes a place like the saloon um, or the bottles in it bring people together? Like, what about it? Yeah. In your opinion, you that's know, a like, good question. I, I that's a good question. I think what it is is like. Um, well, when I originally got started is because I started having kids and I couldn't go out to bars anymore, right? So yeah. I started buying bottles I liked in the beginning. And then I started really going in different directions with like flavors that I liked. So I, I started buying things that I didn't see at bars. So now I can just have friends come over here and drink here and they can just Uber here and Uber home and not have to worry about it. And I, it's really easy for me because I don't have to Uber, Uber anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just pull up my Murphy bed from in front of the bar. Um, and then so we you don't have to go anywhere. You can like you can taste things that are. I, I bought things that are unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. And so like they, it's they're hard to track down. I've I've enjoyed the hunt from finding these bottles. And so, but no bottle is precious to me. I think if you get it, you grab it, you open it. I've opened bottles in the parking lot just to nose them, which people have like in their collector's edition. Yeah. I don't collect. I consume. Yeah. And so I think the fun part here is you can come in here. You, it, it's overwhelming in the beginning. I get that. But you tell me where you want to start with a flavor or what you normally drink. And I can take you on a journey from that flavor profile from things that you've, or you're accustomed to and then to different flavors. And it'll take you all the way across to agave. And you're like, oh, I don't like to mix my booze. Like, you'll be fine. And I'll take them over and like, oh, what is this? Is this a cognac? No, you're drinking an agave. Like yeah. you're drinking like you know an extra anejo tequila right now, which is how I get bourbon drinkers to start drinking um, agave. Yeah, I move them from you know bourbon to uh, extra anejo. Have you um, have you found almost like your you know what's that really fancy term that we talk about cicerone? Yeah. Have you found yourself like almost? Evolving and how you bring people along to certain things, or has it always been sort of the general? You know, you have kind of have a roadmap, or, or have no. you found yourself changing that? No, no, I have, I have zero roadmap. And it's most of the times because as I go, I'm drinking, and so there's no map. <laughs> it's based on what I'm gonna. Uh, some, something will catch my eye, and I'm like, oh, they would like this based on that. If there's a story behind it, it's even better. Like most of these bottles have a story behind it, and then, um, but it's. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty like organic experience when you come in here and like the conversations are great and like I've had at one point I had like a couple of dads would come in here it was called a dad's bar we would complain about being not complain but like you know there were some issues that we talk about as being a dad yeah. with like small children and or children on the way which was yeah. pretty crazy yeah it was yeah, a good place for share, dads to hang out yeah, yeah share that with people who might appreciate that or be going through something similar or have right. experienced it in a place that feels 
you know, safe. Yeah, it's a total safe place, man. Mm-hmm. And there's times where you're like, oh, I've, I've read about this bottle. I've never tasted it. Can I, can I try this? I'm like, yeah, nothing's off limits, man. Have a sip. That's why it's there. You know, some, very, yeah, my very novice um, whiskey palette, Brian's been developing it. And but the one that I always think about when you say kind of rare and unicorns is probably not the right one because there's so many of them here. But that Octomare. Oh man, well that is a, that's a ghost unicorn. That doesn't exist anymore. That's, that's Octomare's eight point three. It's the highest. It's the highest peated Scotch ever. Yeah. So like when they when they get this when they get their PPM rating, that's from when they cook it. So it's not the it's not the peat rating inside the bottle, right? But for example, um, I don't know if they can rate the peat inside the bottle. I think it's going to be like a, a palate thing. But like for a Laphroaig, which is considered a heavily peated scotch, the PPM on that is like 40 to 45. But that Lef- that Octomore, which is the highest peated scotch ever made, is 309. <laughs> wow. But it's you think, oh my God, it's, I'm going to chew on a beach campfire. It's not. I think it's, it's fucking delicious. It's candy. It's delicious. It's caramel. It's sweet. It's delicious. It's briny. It's... But it speaks to your point, like literally yeah. no bottle is saccharine here. Like no. I have never even really delved into single no. you know, single malts that much and he's like, Oh, you might like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you in the deep end. Yep. Yeah. Wow, okay. Learn how to swim. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't just I'm looking around it's again, it's you know, there's there's stuff that I consider good, high quality drinking spirits, and then there's some like, you know, legit high end stuff here. Quite a bit actually. Um, do you have any training? Have you ever, you know, no. done any bartending or no, I actually I did a bar, I did a bar tri- uh, bartending like uh, class for like two weeks. Now that this is silly, like bartending camp. Yeah, I stopped. <laughs> I, stopped. I dropped out my bartending You're a dropout. dropout. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, just, like I don't want to make sixty drinks and like whatever it was. You know, it was ridiculous. Um, no, so I don't have any bartending experience. I'm drinking experience. Um, that's Which what. Is, that that's where it goes. Yeah. You explore your own palate. Like I'm not the one's gonna taste it. Go. Oh, this is like. Like a, a wooden wrench from my grandfather's like like tool bench that was le- left in like a, a leather cabinet for seventy five years and I'm saying man I don't know these flavors I know if I like it or I don't. We joke about that sometimes. Yeah. You know, we'll see a, a review on a you know enthusiast site and yeah. and Brian will say what the hell does that mean Did you see this one? Well, like do you, you like know, it? Do you broke like it? it? My grandfather's you know yeah. rusty wrench you know from the woodshed. What does that taste like? I don't know. Left in a leather pocket for seventy five years <laughs> before my grandmother dusted with mothballs and put it into a bowl of stew. Like what? Is, oh, is it good? I, I think I like. Is that. it good? <laughs> yeah, that's a little precious for me. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm definitely a learn by drinking person too. Nothing's precious, and and Matt, like um, I've told I've told Greg in here, but everything in here I've purchased at retail. I haven't never purchased anything on the secondary market, so I've have some unicorns up here, and I've I've hunted them, or I've I've become friendly with like like people that own like liquor stores or bottle shops, and sure. they like they'll give me or sell me to me at retail, or some I've been gifted. Like I have a. You know, I've got some Japanese whiskey that was I was gifted to the saloon, like uh, that Yamazaki eighteen, or that, which I didn't have to buy that, which is great. The Hakushu eighteen, which is, oh. you know, I'll be, you know, as somebody who hunts booze, right? Uh, first and foremost, the place and the collection and the person and the people that are involved with it is, you know, the most impressive. But the fact that you could accumulate the things yeah. that are in here, right, while not paying above retail right and people will appreciate this when they're booze hunting is insane to me because there's things in here that people can't or always trying to find right and sometimes you just bite the bullet you say i need to have this or i need to try it or i finally got the opportunity right and you say okay 
Fine, right. I'm gonna pay whatever you know within reason. Um, but you have a mantra. You've never crossed I won't that do threshold. It. No. And I actually love that. And it's almost even as impressive as the stuff itself. Yeah, it's I won't. Incredible. I won't do it. Like yeah. I've had. I've had it. Like I've seen it close to retail. I'm like ah, I'd like to buy it at retail. I'm kind of a nerd about that. But yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, uh, I, I would imagine, you know, we should talk to some folks who are, you know, at the distillery side, but I would imagine that they, most of the times, would intend for be, people to be able to acquire the things in there. Right. I would wonder, sort of mentally, if there's a little crossover with the whole kind of craziness that's happening right now with certain watch brands, you know, and where I think, you know, even, even if you're paying top dollar, at, at you know, retail top right. dollar, um, at that point, I think emotionally, mentally, you know, there's not that psychological barrier to, you know, to opening and drinking or just passing it to a buddy and say, yeah, try this, take right. this, you know, whereas once you cross over into that, you know, that Rubicon of it's, we're way past retail for something rare or really special. Right. And it's like, oh, do you open it? Yeah. You know, if it's something you can't get again, or if, if gotcha. you know, are you really precious with it? And, you know, that's, I wonder if there's a little bit of. You know, our my world anyway. Greg is probably yeah. It splits the difference between us um, in terms of the watch and spirits. Yeah, it's you know, like, there's like an allocated watch thing, right? Yeah, like, you, like watches are sold out before they even hit the market for the general public, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean that's even there's that's even a different conversation. Just as um, we don't really we're not in a position to know, but I mean there's a lot of speculation, pun intended, that there's a lot of speculation with some of these um, mm-hmm. some of these watches that are unobtainium, and how are they? winding up in the secondary market in quantity right so fast at such high prices you know there's there's at this point i think everybody must think that there's some shenanigans i don't know if the same thing happens in the booze world but anyway Uh, for sure yeah it has to be if there's money to be made there's going to be someone finding a way to make that money yeah that's right that's right you know it's 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 such it's a slippery slope and it's tricky you know but you've navigated it you know beautifully Right, yeah. I just tell people to buy me this. <laughs> I still have to buy it for myself. No, like we had a buddy that brought over a bottle of Pappy 20, which is considered wonderful, right? But it's also like a $200 bottle retail. Mm-hmm. But he paid, you know, over $2,000 for it. I mean, we drank it with some buddies that just liked whiskey. And they're like, should we put this on ice? Like, I wouldn't. But they did. Coca-Cola. Yeah, they did. And we drank an entire bottle of Pappy 20 in one night between the four of us. And it was delicious. Yeah. Is it worth... $2,500? No. Is it worth 200 bucks? Yeah. yeah. But I would never spend that. I'm glad we killed it. It's nice to kill a unicorn. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. That's so good. Yeah, you need a refill. Greg needs a refill. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Um, what? What do you suggest? Where's the departure from Rye? Well, there's, there's no wrong way to eat a recess. We can go anywhere. Um, I think if you want to, I want a new glass. I get you a new glass. You want to? I'm good. I would. I would like you to try this. It's okay. a finished rye from from um, from Barrel Project, and it's a, it's called their Seagrass. So it's a rye finished in a Martinique rum, Madeira, and then apricot brandy barrels. Wow. And they they did it really right with this one. It's so good. Oh, I think you're splash. gonna like it. I'll give you a splash. Excellent. I'm also heavily handed. You want to try this as well? Or you want to go with the bourbon? Great. That's a really interesting color. Yeah, I like this glass. Thank you. I like this pour. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, gents. Cheers, dude. Oh, that's good. That was right. Yeah, it is. 
Get the apricot on there. Yeah, some really nice sweetness. Mm. It's so bright though. The brightness of the rye, playing with like the sweetness of the apricot and yeah. like the, the brandy and the rum, it's just like I love it. And then you pull that spice kind of on the yeah. back end. Yeah, that's excellent. It's a really good pour. Like I'm really happy with these guys. They have one that, their Amita that they did, which is like their annual pour they did last year, which was, was a flop. It was terrible. Yeah. And I, I kind of universally or just within the saloon. Um, for me, I, I I can't stand it. Okay. Like I I I'm I'm like I've seen how little I've pulled out of it. Yeah. And I've tried making cocktails. I can't hide it. Mm-hmm. But I like their I like their um, brand of what they promote in general. Like I've got several other bottles, but the seagrass is really tasty. Yeah. It's so really the, good. Great concept. That one's just a dud. Yeah, it was a it was a bummer. I think what happened was they finished it in like um, Sicilian Amaro casks, and sorry for the rattle. That's fine. And some some pear brandy, and the pear brandy on this one really overtakes it to almost like a liqueur. Okay. And yeah, it just, yeah, yeah. It just flops. So for it's me. not it's not sweet. It's sticky sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not fun in the mouth. It's not fun in the palate. It's just like. Pfft. And I've tried mixing it in a cocktail, and it just, it, it was a flop. Yeah, that's an interesting, without saying names, because, you know, we're not trying to disparage anybody, you know, but, you know, I know you'll pick new things up, and you have some level of excitement, or you've heard good things. Sure. You, you, you picked up flops, too, like, right? Oh, you just said one, you know, like, for it, sure. it, it happens, right? There's duds. For sure. Yeah, like, I have buddies that will talk up bottles, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't wait to try it. I'm like, I don't know how far off we are on, the, on our palates, because this is terrible for me. And I'll just give them the bottle. Maybe they're just trying to get you me to buy them a bottle. I'm like, you, can't yeah, have a, you enjoyed it. You take yeah, it. Yeah, like, over, like these, I have these bottles over here that are Oaxacan whiskey. I thought, oh, I love mezcal. I'll get some Oaxacan whiskey. Maybe they should just stick to Stick to what they are yeah, good Yeah, I think so. Some other spirits. Yeah. I'm not, trying to, I'm not tr- tasting, like, uh, Kentucky uh, mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> I would never go for one of those. I don't know why I was buying Oaxacan whiskey. Mongolian mezcal. It's the latest thing. <laughs> so good. Well, who's the celebrity? Who's the celebrity? Oh, yeah. We did a celebrity, we did a celebrity shootout a little while oh, ago. Nice. You know, some brands, right, that I hadn't had that you, you know, had just picked up, you sure. know, on a whim. And, I had to dump it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So we won't name names, but. Yeah. Well, there's one in particular I thought, yeah, that was quite rough. Um, you know, but it happens. Yep, yep. I had a, well, I'm, I will name names, but I, I was, I was never, I never drank tequila. I would, you know what I mean? I, I wasn't sipping it. I would always shoot it. Yeah. College, I drank like uh, tres generaciones through college, but Ooh. I would just shoot yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I thought Patron Silver was the greatest stuff in the world, man. Yeah. With the little green like little bow yep. on it. I loved it. Oh, yeah. I did a good job on And then that. I had a poker night here, and I was drinking bourbon. I was drinking bourbon, and one guy was kept drinking um, tequila. I'm like, is he just sipping tequila? Who sips tequila? And he was pouring Casamigos Blanco, and I was like, I've never done that. Let me try that. I'm like, I can sip tequila and really like this. So say what you want about a celebrity branded like tequila. It was a good entry spot for me. And it's actually gotten other friends of mine to jump on the agave. Like, it's like the entry drug for agave. It's a great point. I've been sort of trying to come uh, full circle on understanding and being appreciative of that. And that, you know, there is a, a way to bring folks to, you know, rising tides, raise all boats kind of mentality. Right. Sure. Bring people in, be more yeah. welcoming, you know, don't be a snob. It's you know? sweet. It's a oh, sweet, yeah. sweet, but now it's like, I still use it over there. Yeah. But I've got so many other great places to go. 
Well, what I'm hearing though is that that particular agave spirit is like the Seiko SKX 007 or the Swatch of the spirits. Well done, world. my friend. Well but, done, uh, my friend. Is that for a segue? It, it's nice. a very good segue. Right? That's a very good segue. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Yeah, well, you know, you're the, kind of the, the. Pour me another. <laughs> you can, you can pour yourself another. No, I'm good. This is this is perfect. So, Brian, how did yeah. the how did the Instagram page start, right? Because that, this is a oh. this is a way for you to share it. This is a right. way for you to connect with people. I think you've you've kind of really connected with a lot of folks. Um, how yeah. did it start? It's why you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I had my own account with with like my name on it, which I, I'm not a big social media. I'm not good at it. You know, I'm not good at social media. But I wanted to start one for my booze because I, I was proud of my saloon. Mm-hmm. I was I liked the booze I was buying. People always had fun in here, so I just started clicking photos of that. And then, um, like, there was like a before and after page that I, I got onto with like a like a, like a it was a like a DIY home how you make your own bar, and it started opening up my um, account or my saloon to other people like strangers. Once strangers started following, me, I was like, oh wow, strangers really like this. Yeah, people care. And I had I thought about it, like back in the day when I first opened it up. I'm like, this would be great if one day, if enough people follow my account, somebody in the world is going to give me a free bottle of booze. <laughs> and I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. This from Instagram, if I can get a free bottle of booze. And no kidding, like seriously, like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I got a, my first free bottle. We made it! Yes! Of Apprendez Mescal. Nothing and can stop me. I'm all the way up. Hit it, Jay Z. Um, and I got my first free bottle of booze, and I was like, this is the best tasting booze, because I didn't have to buy this booze. It's better than retail. Yeah. I'm stoked about that, and I really Shout appreciate that. Shout out to that. the guys at Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, we saw them not long ago at a tasting at Maestro, and um, you've, I think you turned a lot of people on to, yeah, to, really their, to their Espadine. Yeah, for sure. People that don't drink mezcal, like I don't drink mezcal, I'm like, try this. It's a great entry-level mezcal. Yeah. And they bought it, and like, oh, my father-in-law also tasted it. He wants me to bring him back two bottles. I'm like... Well, make sure you mention, uh, like, hashtag Highway Saloon. Make sure <laughs> Come on, guy. But no, it actually worked. So I guess my job here is done. I got a free bottle of booze. Uh, just drink the rest of it. And I'll be right. good. Just lock the doors. <laughs> just bury myself in here. You've posted a yeah. few photos of, um, like, bottle kills, kind of your recycling bin. And, I, I mean, quite frankly, I think they kind of blew up in, in certain yeah. circles, didn't they? For sure. My recycling bin, I had a... I care, I, I saved all my bottles, um, my empties, my bottle kills from COVID, and I had just over 130 bottles, I guess, during the COVID quarantine, so cocktails, friends coming over, but yeah, yeah. it was good for the recycling bin, for sure. So, you know, you have, we have watches in front of us. We do. And I, I was joking with Matt, I thought this was going to be some of the more unexpected you know, eclectic and, and maybe unexpectedly themed collection of watches that we might talk about, at least in our short history. Yeah. And so, um, tell us a little bit about what you have in front of us. Um, My watches. Your watches. Okay, I got the, I got the Hamilton on, and then... Um... I've got, like, my prize. Like, I, I told you I was a movie fan. So on top of my, like, ceramic kangaroo from Pulp Fiction, I have a, a Lancet World War One trench watch. Uh, which is the same watch um, that they had in Pulp Fiction that was the ass watch, right? And so I tried to get the same band on it too because I, I had a band on it actually a strap very similar to the one you have now with like the, all the leather. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to keep it close to what like... Um, oh, yeah. What they were wearing. Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis had in Pulp Fiction, yeah. 
but she, but she had the same watch. You forgot the watch. I, I decided to tell you how important that watch was to me. So I got I got the ass watch, and it's which is amazing Actually, to me. It's still that. it's still ticking time, ah. and that's from that's from so long ago, like nineteen fourteen, right? Nineteen twelve. It just you know. Well, the one trench watch. We talk about it a lot, you know, but just the fact that, you know, something mechanical can still be operating in a high function, it's just awesome. It's I just want to so hear cool. the story of this watch has to tell. Like, where was that? I mean, it wasn't in somebody's ass, but I hope it wasn't in somebody's ass. <laughs> you don't know the answer. Wait a minute. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Where is that? <laughs> it's Nutella. But I, I love that watch, you know, and um, I, I've, I've worn it before and then someone says, oh, that's a really tiny watch. I'm like, is it, it was your grandfather's? I'm like, I, I wanted to go into like the whole like, wow, my my dad. No, I didn't want to. I was hoping we could <laughs> yeah. get the voice over. Oh, well, there's Hunter Millen's ass for two years. <laughs> well, he died of dysentery. Um, and then I also have an, sticking with the Pulp Fiction theme, I have a, I have a Gucci watch that uh, Harvey, Harvey um, Keitel wears in as the wolf, which is like the 3000, what's it, just the 3300M gold Gucci watch oh, so cool. as the wolf yep. when he goes there to clean up uh, the brains in the back of the car oh, so when they cool. shot Marvin in the head yep you shot Marvin in the face well you hit the bump I didn't go over no speed bump anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another yeah I, I love this watch too and there's also another watch in Pulp Fiction I don't own I think it's a, a Seiko 5 that Travolta wears and it flashes for a brief moment. Really? And I've tried to track it down and there's like there's like forums that talk about it. I think it's a Seiko five. Yeah. Series five. Yeah, so it's yeah. like a, it's all stainless, it's a silver. So I got Okay, so we gotta figure this out then. I need like a confirmation on it before I get and I'll put it on the I'll put it on the kangaroo. Alright, as people This is pretty cool. Help us track this watch. That's down. a beautiful watch, right? It really is, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's this is there's a certain aesthetic that I'm I've warmed up to and I I think I don't know how else to describe it and please take this in the spirit it's meant it's like it's kitschy to the point of being like charming and charming to the point of like you really like it yeah you right. know and it's yeah I I dig this a lot yeah, yeah this is super cool and I, I love the clasp it's very period super super cool and it does not feel junky no, it's you know nice. what I mean. In in the yeah, hand, yeah. This this feels like this is a substantial, nice watch. You want to put on a tuxedo? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is Winston Wolf. Yeah, at, at three in the morning at the after party, yeah. he gets the phone call. It's like a, it's like twenty five minutes away. I'll be there in ten. Right? <laughs> That's my Winston Wolf, the cleaner. I have a. A cowboy hat watch? I don't know how to describe this. I don't know. I think it's yeah. the only way to describe it. It's it's a watch that has a flap or a cover, but when you push the side button, it's like it's a, a computer, maybe cowboy hat that flips over to reveal the, a, a female size timepiece. Really, it's, it's really so small. small. Yeah. It's my it's my second smallest watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's it really is. It's like taking the hunter case back to a weird extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm waiting on this strap for that. I got a strap. It's going to be a, a braided leather um, brown strap for that. Yep. And I'll wear it when it's that. Okay. And then I have a I bought this just from uh, for fun, just and giggle. I buy a lot of watches uh, when I'm drunk in the saloon and I go on eBay at night. And so this is a, a Timex tequila watch. And so there's agaves on there. It's beautiful. I mean, you the know, colors yeah, on there this, just pop. That's summer. And it's from the mid '90s. Yeah, when it came out, I think it was a uh, mid '90s, '95, '96, whatever it was. 
So you said Timex, but for, we'll have pictures. It's a swatch. Yeah, yeah, it's a swatch. Sorry. And it is this tangerine orange with, yeah, yeah like an, an honestly God cactus in the middle and like bright pink Miami Vice, like yeah. South Beach hands. This thing is it's dope. A party, it's yeah, a party I, watch. Yeah. I like it. This is really, really cool. I've never what, owned a swatch. Where can I get one? Not in my life. <laughs> uh, eBay. eBay. Get drunk. Get on eBay. Find yourself a... Wi-Fi is good in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then I hear I bought this watch because I was watching uh, Pineapple Express and Joe Rogan... Oh, not Joe Rogan. Um, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan is wearing this this Casio. And it's the smallest watch I've ever seen on a man. It's tiny. <laughs> it's I, wore, so I wore it to a party at Greg's house. And the first thing I said to him before I said hi was, look at my watch. <laughs> and so then his wife said, you don't know how excited Brian is he was to show you this. so excited <laughs> I wore this watch for you. It's so dainty. <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is giggling. It's so it good. It's, it's so it's small. so good. That it's like... It's borderline illegible. Yeah, I love I, it. As we're, I'm seriously, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna. Is it a live risk? I'm gonna take a wrist shot of there's it. There's a there's an Amazon review of a, a masseuse saying, "I love this watch because I don't know I'm wearing it when I'm massaging people." Of course, <laughs> of course you don't. It's so good. It's three point four millimeters. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say thirty four? No, 3.4. 3. 3. 3. Oh, it's yeah. super, super small. It's so thin. I love it. Makes my makes my wrists or my my fist look huge. Yeah. Don't get hit with his left fist. He's, no, no, it's no, massive. Try it. Yeah. That's you a, sent me a screen grab, yeah. which was blurry as hell. And I hunted this watch down. Oh my gosh! And, I, and you said what? I, I said, what are you looking for? I, I don't, I can't, I don't even know if I can assist you right now. Well, I was also in the right state of mind watching Pineapple Express when I saw that. I laughed so hard because I didn't realize how small his watch was. When I watched it before, I'm like, I need that watch. It's a beautiful Wait. watch. So did you consult the database to find it? I, I didn't. It's not on the database. I looked at the database, and it's not on the database. Maybe it's I can awesome. do like a, I can write it in. Yeah. yeah. Is it like is a Wikipedia like thing? Yeah. I gotta find out. I hope so. I think yeah, that's that's your mission. This is the tomorrow. kind of scholarship that the world needs. Yeah, it's a good watch though. It's it's the I've it's the last watch I've worn. Except yeah. for the one I'm wearing right now. But and it would be the most recent acquisition, yeah. too. Right? It is the most recent yeah. acquisition, yeah. for sure. It's the Casio. So, you know, we, if this is a watch podcast and we talk about booze, um, but going back to the watch <laughs> thing, is there, you know, <laughs> why are you laughing, Grace? This is ridiculous. I haven't handled it. It is. Yeah, it's it is a small watch. <laughs> really, really small. I'm going to buy them to give us like saloon gift to people. Yeah. When they come it, feels, it feels like one of those energy bracelets. Remember those yeah. like 20, like 15 yeah. years ago? Yeah, the energy copper bracelets or whatever. It looks bracelets. like it's seriously, it's like probably 12 millimeters at the look. <laughs> hey, Brian, you want your daughter's watch again? Well, yeah. hers is actually bigger than this. It would fit in an Easter egg. Yeah. It's, yeah, it totally would. Well, what I was about to ask is, is, are there any watches that are kind of on your horizon? Do you like watches enough I to love be watches. interested in Yeah, I love, I love watches. Actually, your... I love, there's a, there's a, there was this Rolex that I liked. I'm not a luxury watch guy, but there was this Rolex, and it was, um, I think it's a Submariner, but it's all black, so it's like the, the PVD blacked out, right? And I yep. loved it so much, and I saw, I'm like, oh my God, it's like, Seventeen thousand dollars. So I bought it out. Bought one on Alibaba for like sixteen or sixty bucks, and I wore it until I like put it next to a guy that had a real. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see the difference there. But it it was it was a. I love that watch, like the blacked out, which isn't. They don't release one all black. No, right? that's um. Bamford. There's yeah, Bamford. There's a few outfits that what they do is they, they you know they probably I presume you know they buy them from retail. And then they do they thing. do their own treatment and then sell them at a significant markup, sure, you know, with their own name on it. And you know, there's 
the quality of the work is is good enough that you know they have a following people people buy, people, people buy them and they've done stuff for Tag Heuer. Yeah, that new operator is actually pretty cool. That was a titanium. Yeah, yeah, that's like nice. super super cool. Yeah. So yeah, but I always wear like my watch is always like I'm like all blacked out like this like this uh, Hamilton or I like gold like a, a ideal be like a gold like a gold and black watch. You know, be an awesome watch for him. The uh, the Zodiac, like the Mysterious, I don't know what it's called, but the you know the one that's got like that yeah the mm-hmm. mystery, mystery dial, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that it's like astrographic or something like that. Sorry, folks, I'm not like bougie enough to have a second <laughs> laptop up to do this as I'm as I'm going, but I'm getting there. But that would be rad. That's like a, a, a killer gold nice. tone watch for you. But do you think Steve McQueen would be? At home in a place like this, yeah, I think. Then you, I think you could have like a Rolex, or, yeah, yeah, either sure. a Submariner or an Explorer too. They'd love this place, right? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that was a rhetorical question. I mean, yeah. that's obvious. Who wouldn't love this place? I mean, come on, it's it's nice in here. Yeah, my wife questions it sometimes. Like, what have you done? But other times, she's yeah, she quite, also loves it. Yeah, she shoots videos in here for her own thing. You know what I mean? She's quite accomplished, and she's you yeah. know that's pretty cool to be able to use this backspace in in kind of some of yeah. her endeavors, which is pretty neat. Yeah, for sure. It's a good spot, man. It's comfy. Right? Yeah, yep. it is. It is. It's one of my favorite places. Do you have a Do you have like a Matt? Do you have like a, a watch that's like a a Frankenstein watch that you would build? Like favorite parts of different watches. What would you What would you build? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Like your favorite dial from this, your favorite thing. From yeah, that, you know what I mean. What would you you know what? It's not so much maybe not a Frankenstein watch, but there are certain watches that I would do things to. Like okay. if I could just go into the lab and just fix something or add something or tweak something. One of the things it's a it's not a per, I mean it's not inexpensive, but in the in the world of luxury watches, it's pretty attainable. There's a German brand called Zinn. And they make, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the, the Zen Easy M3. It's a Destro, so it's a, a left-handed crown mm-hmm. okay. dive watch. It's, it's kind of feature-rich in terms of technical stuff, but it just hasn't been updated in forever. I used to have one. It wears really well. It's highly legible. The date is a little wonky because it's like the 430 date, and it's deeply recessed, and it's like a dark, like blood-red, ochre-red date. So you really have to look. So on the good... The good side of that equation is it disappears on the dial. Mm-hmm, Most sure. people who are nerds into watches, Brian, don't yeah. like dates on the dial. This one is just visually not there. You can never set it, and you'll never notice it. But if you want it, you know you can look. But it is pretty illegible. I would love to take that watch and put the same bezel that they use on the EZM13 or their, their 103 chronographs. And this is getting like really sure. like technical, but they have it's the, the bezel itself is thicker mm-hmm. and it's a captive bezel, so it's got these little set screws, like two or three of them around the perimeter, and they just have enough um, like lead so that it, it holds it on. Most people don't realize this, but on something like a Submariner, maybe not on modern Submariners, but you know, in a lot of the you know even watches into the '90s, it's essentially it's a, a friction fit that's press on there, and if you provide the right kind of force, you know. You can pop yeah. it off like a bottle cap. Yeah. And so these things won't do that. I'd put a domed sapphire on it because this is flat. I'd put a dome on that thing. And I'd probably put like the beefier bracelet that has the hex screws. It's the same profile bracelet, but it's a little thicker. It's a lot easier to size. A lot better than, you know, the pin and collar. 
And I would probably call that a day as like a near nearly perfect watch that would still probably cost maybe two grand instead of you know eight. And yeah, that would that would probably be the watch I would franken up. Well, you got the Frankenstein screws. You got it. yeah, <laughs> right? going with the, the bolts. Like yeah, you got the bolts right there, man. That's an incredibly thoughtful response. Yeah, it's not like it's been on my mind or anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now you guys did this podcast with was it White Weiss? Weiss. 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 Yeah, Weiss. And I was listening to how he's putting watches together. I'm like. This guy finding partial watches all over the planet. This guy, by the way, would um, Cameron would love to be at this table yeah. right now. He's a he's an enthusiast as well. Like you know, and he he likes good spirits and good beer. He would really like to be here. We miss you, Cam. He's a you know he's a bourbon person. He's a you know he's actually a he's a moved closer. Yeah, he's he's a toll, you know, oh, beer. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, he would definitely enjoy it. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a you know just. That, that supply chain, that kind of the exercise of, you know, acquiring all these different, you know, components, right. you know, some which can be made, you know, here and many of which cannot. Right, for sure. It's, uh, you know, you have, even, a, you have a dream watch, Greg? You have a dream watch? Oh, like in that same fashion? Sure. What would you build? I don't feel creative enough to do that, you know? Um, like I think about some, some folks do a lot of modding on like Seiko's and other things. And I just don't have the create. I don't feel like I have the creativity to say, okay, I want just like Matt did in that exercise. I want this sure. bezel, this handset, this dial. I just, I don't know. I just don't have. Uh, I, I guess I don't feel strongly enough about it. Um, and there's just things that I've been. I just obsess over one or two things, you know. And I think Matt and I have talked about it. I don't know if you and I have talked about it too, too much, but you know, the way I go about, you know, thinking and getting a watch is. I, I tend to hone in on one or two things and then sort of obsess about it until I either acquire it or it becomes, you know, unacquirable right. or something. And, and, you know, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I'll try this. This is new. You know, if it stays, it stays. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, I like to kind of get things and then keep them. Yeah. And so I kind of go that route where it's like, you know, so I have a few things that are, you know, sort of on the, uh, on the list of, the short list of things that I'd like to get, but... You guys try to buy new, or you try to buy a resale, generally. It's a good question. Matt actually is probably a better position to he he does a little bit more. I mean, you guys are wearing vintage watches from the seventies. Yeah? So I yeah, a vintage is not something I'm hugely into, um, okay. mainly because it's. I think if you're not really into it to the point where you really know what you're looking at and know what to look for. Um, there's a lot of potential pitfalls, yeah. and a lot of people love that. You know, they really like doing the research and getting academic with it, and they've been around it and enough examples of any given reference to know what they're looking at. And I could probably do that, but I just, it's a headache, and it's a kind of an emotional investment I don't want to sure. make. So I, I tend to prefer stuff that is either new, pre-owned, um, in some cases new, but... Um, you know, new pre-owned or stuff that is, as Cameron mentioned the other day when we, you know, had him on, stuff that is not necessarily new, but maybe, you know, one one generation back or sure. two generations back. So stuff that was produced maybe, you know, mid to late '90s. So mechanically, it's still, you know, they're they're um, they're a lot closer technologically to what could be produced today. And you know, I'd like to think that that sort of speaks to reliability and accuracy sure. and ease of parts. So that's 
personally, that's usually what I end up buying. Um, but there are certain areas like in Seiko, like we have this watch. This is not my wrist check, but this is the the new SB. Oh Lord, I'm gonna mess it up. Is this I the count S- on you for this? SPB two two five. Yeah, it's beautiful. I like how that's got some thickness on there, right? Yeah. So this yeah. is it's it's thicker like a chronograph, yeah. but this is basically a a forehand time and date. So this is a GMT. What? with a, um, a power reserve, and I had this as kind of the new watch alert last week. But the, the Seikos in general are so relatively affordable. And again, you know, it's a, relatively is an operative term. Sure. But some of these um, are such, yeah. Next <laughs> to the, the difference between that Casio and that Seiko is incredible. It's really nice. But it's, um, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to hunt too hard for pre-owned. You know, sure. if you have a good authorized dealer, you know, maybe get a little discount. And, you know, it's not a huge chunk of money. And with a discount, you basically, any any immediate depreciation is largely covered. I don't really buy with that stuff in mind anyway. I don't care. But um, what's what, what booze would you attribute this dial color to? The dial color? Yeah, so for the listeners, oh, wow. yeah, this is like a, a, a brown copper. I would grab a, the Cavalon right there, like a port cask mm. on your far, uh, yep, right there. Right here. Yeah. Don't fall. Oh, my God. No, they won't fall. They have got copper. copper. Yeah, go ahead. Right right take it over. Yeah. It's a port cask. And the, and the Cavalon. I just noticed this is all, all these keepers are, this is all copper tubing. Yeah, I had copper tubing. So I was down here, That's and so it was like cool. last July, and it was like, we had an earthquake in L.A., like a seven point something, right? Yeah. I was out of yeah. town, but I was standing right here and I had rope. I said, "Oh shit, um, <laughs> that's not gonna work." No, those just it just gave like a it's like a, like a little swing from the sit on. It's like I came in here and did some copper. Like I still need to like that's them really up, but cool. yeah, I need the copper pipings. You know what's gonna be cool about that is that copper is gonna patina like a bronze watch. Oh, that's like, right. How does that look with the face? Oh, the dial on that. How, I mean, that's pretty come good. close. So this is fifty eight point six. Bottom number 84 out of 167. Yeah. And I kind of think it's a match made in heaven. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, right? And that's a good booze. Taiwanese whiskey, it's, it's hot over there, so their booze ages really fast. And it's, yeah. that's a high proof, but it's full of flavor. It, it will light up your palate, man. So we've got Taiwanese whiskey here. I know you've got some stuff from Tasmania. Yeah, I do. Uh, what other faraway lands are represented? <laughs> Uh, Long Beach? No. <laughs> no, yeah, they're from the like a, like a Japanese over here. You know, it's like, um, like even like I, one of my favorite bottles is like from Stranahan's, which is not far away. It's in Denver, Colorado, right? But yeah. it's one of my favorite bottles that I grabbed because every year they release a snowflake, which they only make one bottle. They release it that one time of the year. It's the first week of December, and then it's done. They don't sell it ever again. So it's a snowflake. It's one of it's a one off. And I was in love with this brand, and I was not going to go to Denver for a week to wait in a line to buy a bottle of booze, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm from L.A., and I would freeze to death. And then so um, it went up, and it sold out immediately. I had to buy a ticket in advance. It sold out. So that day, uh, I was thinking it was like December 7th, I went online, Craigslist Denver, right? And people are posting bottles for sale. And there was $100 for sale, right? It was It's a $100 bottle when you buy it from the distillery. Some guy was trying to sell it for 200 bucks. Like great, I'll buy it for two hundred bucks. I'm not going to Denver, and I'm like, um, it's cheaper than a Southwest ticket. Exactly. I'm like, so I'll, I'll take it. I'm like, uh, I'll buy the bottle. He's like, all right, I'm in Northern Denver. Where are you at? I'm like, I'm in Los Angeles. <laughs> not the he's, not, he's all, it's not going to work. I'm like, it will work. I'll pay for the shipping. Can we ship it over here? And so I got the bottle. He waited in line. He made his money back 
Right, you paid two hundred bucks for it. I gave him two hundred bucks for the bottle and for shit and plus shipping. And I got the bottle, man. I had to wait there for a week, and it's it's a bananas bottle. Is that your Stranahan's guy? Oh, he's no, he's a Stranahan's guy now. I've only bought that one bottle from him. He, he said he waits in line every year for it. Yikes, that's awesome. And so <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to take a road trip. I have a buddy from high school who uh, is the proprietor of a distillery, and I'm gonna mess this up. Sorry, John. It's not like you're gonna listen to this anyway, but. Uh, in I think it's pronounced Uray, Colorado, and uh, yeah, so we'll have to look that up. I'm not going to mention his brand sure. until I, I talk to him, but um, yeah, that'd be great, fun though. Colorado is great, man. Yeah, yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, they got good water out there for sure. It's all about waters. Uh, it's mostly eight, water. I was just going to say, what's the percent? You know, eighty something odd percent, right? Like, of these like are, what do you water your booze down with? I want a place that's only cast strength. I want only cast strength bottles, and you bring your own water. Yeah. Well, where you get your water? Kentucky water? <laughs> Bring it in. Yeah. Yeah. Bring yeah. it in. They do sell their water. They ship their water out. Yeah. But I usually don't put water in my booze. No. We keep it. Same. Yeah. On that note, gentlemen, Ryan, this has been incredible. It. Thank you for the hospitality. Thanks yeah. for telling your story. Ah, thanks for coming out, guys. I appreciate uh, this it. Is, this yeah. is really a treasure. And um, yeah, we have to do share. this quarterly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put, it on, put it on the calendar. Um, sure. We're going to share a lot of photos. And, and if you're not following... Brian, it's uh, at High West Saloon, yeah. H-Y-E. H-Y-E, that's right, H-Y-E. Yeah, follow, it's a great follow, a lot of fun, and uh, you will be absolutely blown away like we were today. Sure, cheers. Salute. Cheers, Jen. Salute. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at Spirit of Time Podcast and contact us at Spirit of Time Podcast at gmail.com. As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.